Shalom, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. We are Shalom. Fiery Faith Ministries. I'm James. And I'm Lee. We're just so thankful for another opportunity to spend together, to fellowship in the word, to just learn, grow closer to the Father. And we have really enjoyed doing these studies. Of course, anytime that we can share the word, the gospel, the message, we're happy to do so. And we hope that and pray that you're able to glean from the message, that the Father can speak his message through us tonight. So thank you, everyone, joining in or watching this later on. We'll say hello to a few friends joining in so far. We got Judy. Shalom. Thank you for being here. And Andrea, great to have you, as well as Dan. Great to see you, brother. And Catherine, thank you for joining us all. And anyone else tuning in later, we'll try to give you a shout out as well. If you want to join in the chat, we'd love to have you comment, share your insights, your thoughts on anything that we go over tonight. It's another deep one, a pretty long one as well. So buckle up and uh, we've got a lot of scriptures to read. We're just excited to share what Yah is revealing to us as we connect the beginning, his seven days of creation, to the ending, the seven trumpets of Revelation. Shalom, Jennifer. Yeah, thank you for joining. Glad to see you, sister. Hope everyone has had a great week. We're inching closer to Shabbat, and what a wonderful thing that is each and every week. We just look forward to it so much, and we're just so thankful for the various shows that we get to do throughout the week leading up to that time. We pray that it's an encouragement to you and it's an encouragement to us. We learn and glean so much from just the studies and the messages that we're able to speak. And so we're so excited to continue on. Mm-hmm. And we know that the Father has many wonderful things in store. So Shalom, Amanda. Yeah, and got Betty. some more joining in. Great to see you all. Shalom both. Mm-hmm. Howdy, Betty. Mm-hmm. Well, you got anything? Are you ready to get going? I'm ready to get going. There's a lot to go over. This was a really uh, very, I mean, every one of these have been very interesting for me, but I've really enjoyed looking at all the scripture Mm -hmm. uh, related from the beginning to the end of it and where we are now. And there is a lot to cover. So, And it's so amazing the dots you can connect. You may be studying in a topic and be able to connect a scripture that you've never really thought of in that way. And that's the beauty of deep diving, studying in the word Yah reveals in his time. And so I think these times are very important as we prepare. We don't know when that end time is going to come. Don't know the day or the hour, but we need to be prepared for any moment. That's right because it literally will be like that in any moment mm-hmm. must be prepared. You said, you said buckle up. It's armor up better. Well, cut. yeah. Make sure you're always armored up. Yes. As well. The armor of y'all. We put it on every day. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm putting it on continually every day, but that's thank goodness we have it. And, and it's the word. Mm-hmm. The word is the armor. Hugs to you too, Amanda, and to everyone here. We're so thankful, as James said, for everyone that comes here and helps us get Yah's word out. It is his word. These are things that 
he wakes me up in the middle of the night to talk about. It's been that way for several years now. <laughs> My 3 a.m. prayer time and conversation time and with this world the way it is right now, he seems to be showing me lots of time to get prepared, time to get ready. And that's what I'll, that's what this has really been about. I never, ever thought about the connection that would be from the seven days of creation to the yeah. seven trumpets of revelations. I mean, he literally just said, look at this. And I think you even talked about it. Well, we love trying to, like I said, connect the dots. We've mentioned the 10 plagues and the 10 commandments. There's similarities there. You just find it all throughout. And Yah is revealing some amazing things. Mm -hmm. We just continue to learn each and every day. It's just so amazing, so exciting what is being revealed. And so right. far, these have really lined up even better than we could have imagined. Tonight so. especially lines up. That's what's so interesting. Yeah. Shalom, Sherry. Glad to see you here, sister. Thank Welcome. you. Well, so yeah, if you it. are not aware, oops, I didn't mean to get rid of that. This possibly will be a seven-part series. So far, we've done one day, one trumpet per episode. We'll probably try to keep it that way. Uh, but if you if this is the first one you've seen, just know this is day four, the fourth trumpet. So there are three that we have already covered. Right. If you would like to check those out, you can find those on our channel. And I will be making a playlist, playlist. of these specifically yeah. to make it a little easier to find if you want to go back and watch. So, yeah, this is this is a big one. The creation day four, the fourth trumpet. I really feel like next week we'll end up being a two-parter. I don't know that that will make it in one. So we'll we'll see as I get through it. All right. <laughs> so let's get started from the beginning. Genesis 1, 14 through 19. And Elohim said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for appointed feast and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And Elohim made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And Elohim set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And Elohim saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Wow. Every time I read the creation days, it just, I can see it in my mind, but that's how I read when I read books or read anything, it's like I, I can play it out and actually see step by step. And I just can only imagine how spectacular that was, how magnificent that was. So mm -hmm. I was looking at different verses and I know I've read Psalms 148 recently. I believe I covered it in a morning manna, but it is something that fits so perfectly um, with creation with this day four. So in Psalms 148, one through six, 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yahweh. From the heavens, praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his host. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of Yahweh, for he commanded and they were created. He has also established them forever and ever. He has made a decree which shall not pass. And I love this because it, it literally is showing that not only do the angels and the hosts of heaven praise him, but the sun and the moon and all the stars of light praise him. Everything praises Really, him. all the creation does. Yeah, Judy's got it. The heavens declare Yahweh's, Yahweh's glory. glory. We know that there's scriptures even talking about uh, the trees, you know, shouting and singing for joy. And, and the rocks, uh, will the cry rocks out. and just all of his creation knows who is responsible. I'm the same way, Andrea. She says she looks up to the heavens whenever she can. Absolutely. I am a go sit outside if I can't sleep at well in the summer. I don't do it when it's too cold out. <laughs> I used to, but now no. But in the summer, if I can't sleep, I literally will just go sit out and stare at the stars in the night sky mm -hmm. and imagine that those stars are light, of light are praising Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And that's one way to really just get lost in the magnificence of his creation you know, if you're feeling stressed, go stare at the stars because right. there's just a, a peace that blankets over you, you know, trying to even imagine how you could count all of them. They're just endless and yeah, you can. so beautiful. And it's such a shame when those cloudy nights come over and you can't even see up there, mm -hmm. but it is a beautiful thing. And thank you, Sherry, for your comment. That's very kind of you. It sure is. We're just leading us where the father. The father's has us. leading. That's us. right. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I have dyslexia of the mouth. <laughs> so let's read some out of Psalms 8 3 and 8 4. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? and the son of Adam, that you visit him. Now, what is man when he's made the moon and the stars with his, the work of his fingers, right? You know, we try to understand things with science, and we still can't even come close to understanding the details and concepts Don't of the creation. <laughs> Don't even get me started. So Job 9, 7 through 9, which commands the sun and it rises not, and seals up the stars, which alone spreads out the heavens, and treads upon the waves of the sea, which makes Arcturus, Arcturus, Arcturus Orion, mm -hmm. and Pleiades, and the chambers of the south. So we know those systems, those star... What am I trying to say? Not systems. Constellations. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. I was like, why can't I think of what that's called? 
you know, Orion, isn't that the three stars that the, the, Orion's that belt. the uh, pyramids are exactly. supposed to be in that? So we know that they watch these since the beginning of time forward, you know. A lot of ancient cities and ruins, you know, were built upon the stars. And I'm sure they had a much better understanding than we have and will ever have. I love the verse. I, I was about to throw it in here, but we didn't. So I'll just talk about it in, I believe, Jubilees 12, how it talks about, you know, essentially Messiah coming down as Yahuwah, you know, teaches Avraham the stars and explains all those details to him, teaches him how the meaning of Hebrew, the, the, the words, and yeah, his friend for over six months. They spent time together learning uh, just a beautiful thought. And if you've never heard of Jubilees, um, it is in Sefer. It is in the Sefer or you can find it in sacred the sacred text mm -hmm. website. I would suggest reading it. I do feel like it's very um what is the word? I don't know why it words really are just escaping ex me even tonight. expands on the first books, the Torah, you know, maybe adds in greater detail some things that aren't mentioned but it does it's really wonderful mm -hmm. so in jeremiah 31 35 through 37 thus says yahweh which gives the sun for a light by day and the ordinances of the moon and of the stars for a light by night which divides the sea when the waters thereof war roar Yahweh Sevaoth is his name. And I love that name, Yahweh Sevaoth. Mm -hmm. I call that name a lot when I'm feeling uh, scared or anxious because Yahweh Sevaoth is, is over the angel armies and he protects you. I promise he does. And it's a fitting name as we discuss these end times because mm -hmm. that's what he's returning as. Right. Continuing in 36, if those ordinances depart from before me, says Yahweh, then the seed of Yasharel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus says Yahweh, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth, earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Yasharel for all that they have done, says Yahweh. And we know that only by Messiah were they able to be regrafted and to be remarried yeah. into because he had divorced Israel out. And that is what we are grafted into. We are grafted in as well into Israel, thanks to, you know, our Yahushua HaMashiach that came making that way for us, right? That's right. Amanda's got a great point. Jubilees is quoted all throughout scripture. It is. You know, even Enoch and the Messiah himself quotes it. Uh, other various books that have been removed that are no longer a part of what we know as the Bible, uh, but just gives validity Hidden. to these books that they were very relevant. The prophets, the disciples, even Messiah himself knew these and quoted them. And now is the time when we get those back. You know, we knew, and yeah. it says in scripture, I believe at the beginning of Enoch, to put this away for the end that times. That they won't be for everybody. Right. They're not for everybody. It's so they're, they are definitely for us now. And we're going to see 
how that plays out. Amen, Sherry. How spectacular it will be when he returns and every knee is bowing and every tongue is confessing. He is king. king. Amen. You can deny him right now all you want, but there's going to be a moment when every single tongue will confess he is king. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Even those right now who refuse to believe the atheists, the every other religion that there is and and even the satanic religion, they are going to be confessing that he is king every tongue, not just some of them, every tongue. You won't be able to deny he's the no, almighty. No, you will not. So speaking of Enoch, we pulled a couple of really cool verses from here to read. This one is out of Enoch 32, 2. To the east of these beasts, I perceived the extremities of the earth where heaven ceased. The gates of heaven stood open and I beheld the celestial stars come forth. I numbered them as they proceeded out of the gate and wrote them all down as they came out one by one according to their number. I wrote down their names altogether, their times and their seasons as the angel Uriel, who was with me, pointed them out to me. I love Enoch. I love reading Enoch and digging into Enoch because it paints a picture in your mind that is just, it's better than any sci-fi movie there could ever be out there. Um, And he has ultimate wisdom. We think of Solomon, you know, being the wisest man in the world well enoch walked in the heavens right there's so much down, wisdom you know, the gates that he and learned their names and their number um their times and their seasons because we know that these the sun the moon and the stars are for our times and seasons to mark feast dates and whatnot it's amazing to me it gives you a new way to Look and think about the stars. Right. I believe it was Adam with Parable at the Vineyard that spoke about um, that he even felt the stars were the the angels or they were the elect, a reflection of the elect. That's right. And we need to Earth. share some photos we did not upload. But wow, we were taking some pictures of the stars oh, right yes. around Passover. And zooming in, we were blown away Absolutely. with what we were seeing. And we have recently seen other videos of backing up sharing the exact the same, same image. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. So we will have to work we'll on that, work on sharing that. some of those for next time. Right. I beheld, oh, Enoch 43, 1 through 2. I beheld another splendor and the stars of heaven. I observed that he called them all by their respective names and that they heard in a righteous balance. I saw that he weighed out with their light, the amplitude of their places and the day of their appearance and their conversion splendor produced splendor. And their conversion was into the number of the angels and of the faithful. That's exactly what we were just talking about. Then I inquired of the angel who proceeded with me and explained to me secret things, what their names were. He answered a similitude of those has Yahweh Sabaoth shown you 
They are names of all righteous who dwell upon the earth and who believe in the name of Yahweh Sabaoth forever and ever. How beautiful is that? Mm-hmm. That it is here, Enoch is saying the names of the righteous. Each one is after the names of the righteous whom dwell upon the earth. That is beautiful. And believe in the name of Yahweh Sabaoth. So when you look up, you could literally be looking at all of the descendants. All of them shining back, you know, in the sky forever. It is written. He knows every star by name. And it could be because every star's name is a reflection of the righteous that are here on earth. That's what it says here in Enoch. Yeah. he Does he know your name? We know his name. We proclaim his name. But it's so important that the Father know our name as well. That's right. Are we his chosen Set apart children. We weren't going to share that one. I'm just going to read these notes. So Yahuwah was already planning for his people. He placed these lights in the expanse of the heavens for signs and for his appointed feasts. He already knew at the beginning, at the very start of it, that we would have the appointed feast. To us, it means he knew what would happen in the garden, what would happen after the garden. He saw it all. He saw all of our history from the beginning. He knew we would need to be able to calculate those dates. We feel we have this knowledge also for when we are back to just calculating the dates by the moon when this technology of ours is gone. And that's a real possibility. We have specific instructions on how to do it. Shalom, Dan. Glad you're here. Hope you're having a great week. Love the profile pic. So the sun gives us warmth, helps our crops grow and lights our way. Our moon waxes and wanes to help us know the new moon, the full moon, and helps us calculate the day, month, and year with or without a calendar. As well as all of our feast dates. That's right. And appointed times. We have eclipses as signs as well. Warnings. We also remember the most famous star of all, the star of Bethlehem, that shine the light to the Messiah. We know the journey for the wise men to make it took way longer than we were taught. Messiah was probably between 40 days to up to two years old. We really aren't sure, but they followed the star for the entire journey. It's funny when you research that event, you will read things like stars don't do that. They rise and they set. It's not possible for a star to just hang in one spot. (laughs) Well, obviously the maker of the stars can command them to do whatever he wants them to do. That's right. And researching that out was comical to me to see the disbelief and how science is always trying to disprove y'all and always trying to disprove, disprove his miracles and his wonders and his signs, his signs and wonders. And we know that that was a sign. I've seen, I believe Dr. Pigeon talk about 
it could have taken, you know, up to two or three years, you know, where they were journeying from in Asia, where actually the the wise men came from. And, and it's hilarious when you research this because there were some that said they were there in 12 days. You know, no, they were not. The shortest amount of time would have been 40 from what I could see. But most people um, scholarly or biblically do believe it was closer to right below the two year mark right? When they finally made it to him. So they were, everything I found was like, because that star stayed in that spot day and night. It wasn't, it wasn't like it disappeared, like how our stars, when the sun comes up, we can't see them. They're still there. They're all there. We just can't see them in the light. But this star was there constantly and they Mm -hmm. followed it day and night. It never went away until they reached messiah so yeah they were driving camels not jaguars (laughs) or trains or planes or anything like that is this me sure oh yahweh warns man not to worship the sun moon and stars in deuteronomy 419 we see and lest you lift up your eyes unto the heavens and when you see the sun and the moon, and the stars, even all the host of heaven, should be driven to worship them and serve them, which Yahweh has divided into all nations under the whole heaven. So we're not to worship them. We're not to bow down to them at all. But we see there is astral religion. When I was growing up, I used to always get the newspaper on Sunday so that I could get my horoscope for the week. Everybody did that. Now I know exactly that it was the horror scope. Like, I can't believe that people are under that um, deception. It's, it's sorcery. It's not anything that we should participate in. Worship of the stars, however, which long an- antedated astrology, it was an underlying element in many ancient cults, more conspicuously in some than in others. And we still see that kind of worship go on in Hollywood. I just saw, um, and I couldn't find the collage to get it here in time, but all of these people worship Saturn. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Emma Watson, is that her name? Is that the Harry Potter chick? Yeah. She just turned 33 years old and or 31 years old. And said that it was her new Saturn year. You know, Um, I've seen Beyonce and her cover on the the horsemen of the or the horses of the apocalypse where she's featured on the white horse and the green horse and the red horse. If you look, she's wearing Saturn earrings. It literally is the planet of Saturn. And we're going to see here that that's part of Babylonian star worship. The ancient Babylonian religion was the classic development of star worship. Here, the stars were all gods, animate beings of a divine or at least supernatural rank. The earliest cuneiform sign for God was a star. Thus, the sun, moon, and planet Venus were identified with Shamash, Sin, and Ishtar. Jupiter was Marduk. Marduk, not Duck, Marduk, and Saturn, not Mars, was the war god. 
Mercury was Nebo, the herald. Mars was Nergal, god of the dead. This system of identification was taken over and modified by the Greeks and Romans using the names of their own deities, just recirculated over and over. Absolutely. Saturnalia is it, Dan. And that is basically the season of Christmas is the season of Saturnalia. So basically just Satan worship. It is. <laughs> and there's a lot that say, you know, that that's what that Saturn worship is Satan. Well, we know that it is. Well, when all of Hollywood's obsessing over Saturn, yes. you got to realize that it's yes. something not good. And it's a, a uptick in the news lately. Like I've, I don't ever remember reading so many things that certain uh, people were coming out saying, you know, this is my Saturn year, mm -hmm. you know. And Judy's right. She says her mother used to call it horoscope. That's what I just called it, a horoscope. You know, to think that people put their, <laughs> their future and their destiny in these things. You know, Yah has our destiny at hand. Absolutely. He I've is in control of our future. Definitely have had to repent uh, for a lot of things that I was just ignorant of. And that's what it is, is just sheer ignorance of not realizing what it is that you're even participating in. Because it's been, we've been conditioned to think it's okay, you know, yeah. and you see it. It, that was the, the Sunday new the Sunday newspaper that was supposed to be the set apart day you went to church and the, there that's when you got your horoscope for the week. <laughs> Are you going to put it on the? Yeah. Yeah, we see practitioners of Wicca and astrology see consulting the spirits of nature and the universe as seeking wise counsel from a force greater than themselves, since many believe. Nature contains the answers, but these practices are not new. They can actually be traced back to ancient times, particularly to ancient Egypt and Babylon. And the Druids, we see that a lot with uh, Stonehenge. You know, they still do ancient ceremonies there now, um, worshiping. So this, I wanted to share this first one, talking about signs and wonders and the, the signs and the eclipses. We're all familiar here with the 2017-2024 track that went for the eclipses. We actually saw the 2017. It, it went to pitch black here. We had to wear the Street glasses lights and actually everything. came on. It was so dark. It was the most surreal feeling I've ever had. Wasn't it eerie? It like really was. it was eerie. Even on the ground, you could see like little diamond looking snakes just kind of sparkling and slithering it on was the ground. So weird. Very bizarre. So then it'll be back in 2024. And we we firmly believe as others do as well that um it's a sign. It was a sign. It was it was the beginning of setting up the series of signs, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and we know that there's seven years between these. That's right. Another very prophetic number. It is. And of course, there's a few other details I couldn't exactly remember. I didn't want to say it incorrectly. I know there's multiple cities that it passes through with the same name, which is very odd. 
but where it intersects the city is called Little Egypt. Little Egypt, that's right. You can make that up. No, you can't. It makes you wonder, well, we've talked about that, especially today, you know, is it marking the beginning of plagues of, of this scenario? And I, I want to say some of the other cities it may cross through or even Memphis or it's something... I thought they all had to do kind of Egypt. Or Salem. That's Salem. Right. That's yes. it. Like Thank you, Amanda. Six or more times through these various states for the 2024, I believe. Just very, very random. And you know, the scripture does say that these will be for signs. the The sun, moon, and stars are for signs. I don't know how this couldn't be a sign. Right. Just we'll go to the next so one because it's definitely a sign. So these are all the eclipses. Uh, the one in uh, August 21st of 2017, June 10th of 2023. So that one hasn't even no, happened. 21. Oh, is that 21? I can't read that. Oh, I'll just read down here. We have one coming up October 14th of 2023. And then, of course, the, the last one we're waiting on is the April 8th of 2024. And that is the Aleph. And what did you say today that just blew me away when we were talking about this and going over the different maps that we had found? Yeah, so just looking at this, you know, we all know Aleph is the beginning of the Hebrew alphabet. And it just, I've been having some really odd vibes about this whole coming eclipse in next year, 2024. And I just feel like this is going to be the sign of the beginning. I don't know exactly what that means. And we're not setting a date. No. We're not trying to say this is the last day of existence or anything like that. But it's the beginning of something. This I mean, is it's Yah's mark yes. on the nation. Many that call the nation of Babylon. <laughs> on our nation, yes. <laughs> but right there, the Aleph, the beginning. Very mm -hmm. interesting. I am the Aleph and the Tav, he says, mm -hmm. the beginning and the end. And and we all know that there has been something. Yes, and that eclipse will complete the Aleph and the Tav because the first one without all of them in there is the Tav. And Sherry's got the Aleph and the Tav together equals a thousand. Wow. Yeah. Wow is right. Well, then this next slide is going to really make a lot of sense. <laughs> yes. Because this only happens Once every 7,000 7, years. years. Yeah. This was the Revelation 12 sign that took place September 23rd, 2017. So this actually was part of starting my journey researching because Adam did a whole series on this 2017 mark. Uh, in the skies that had to do with the Revelations 12 one and two it's a really interesting comment from dan we'll have to discuss this in further detail he says if we were to use the hebrew names of the constellations we could read the story of salvation in them as daniel taught the chaldean astronomer wow. astronomers who brought daniel's treasure to, to the, the messiah. messiah that's amazing all right dan we're gonna you're going to be our guest next need, time. Yeah, I'm going to need you to <laughs> help us get through that. So 
Let me start off with the Revelation 12, verse 1 and 2. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. And you could actually watch... Jupiter passed through the womb. Wasn't it Jupiter that passes through as it moved? I believe so. Yeah, Jupiter's down here. And of course, all nine months it took of them are in a straight line here. Mm -hmm. We've got all the 12. I don't know that my mouse is it is working. You can see it maybe. We've got all the 12 various stars above as the crown. Maybe it was even the moon that was supposed to be. No, I think that's why it's numbered here. There's a lot of details. We haven't, there's Two some great weeks. studies out there that have talked about this. We haven't dug real deep, but if you're more interested in this, there's lots of really awesome discussions on YouTube about so it. So here on this, it says that two weeks, two times seven days, nine total in September. And I believe that that was the amount of time that Jupiter was moving within uh, the womb. Yeah, Amanda says here she's got it. Yes. She says Jupiter bounced, bounced around, around the in the womb for, for nine, nine months. months. Isn't that just, I remember watching Adam show that and was just like, wow. And I think I even probably freaked you out a little because I was like, this is it. <laughs> well, and we've heard so many stories of a lot of people, you know, having their eyes opened to Torah, to the narrow path in these few years, you know, in this time. Oh, yeah, range there's an where awakening. Really has been a huge awakening and praise mm -hmm. y'all for that. Howdy, Eric. Glad you're home. Shalom. So as we were looking at this image, I want to look even deeper to see if we can find a better connection. But one of the other scriptures that popped into my mind was Genesis 37, 9, referring to Yosef. It says, and he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, behold, I have dreamed a dream more and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. They bowed down to him and worshipped him. I don't know. I would love to hear a connection if any of you have any thoughts. But Well, and it makes me wonder if this same, this same scenario was going on in the sky at that time. I mean, we know that the eleven stars were, are his siblings, right? Well, considering no, this shows to be every 7,000 7, years, I think... That's a once-in-a-lifetime event. Right. Shalom, Kevin. Thank you for joining us. No worries about being late. Just glad you are glad here. Glad you are here. Got to join in. And anyone else out there watching now or later. Oh, and this can also be uh, the 11 stars. I really feel like that is that does have a lot to do with the... Um, I don't know why I'm going blank tonight. The siblings of Joseph, the yeah, tribes. The tribes the, there we go. The 12 total tribes. The 12 tribes. Mm -hmm. You know, that have been scattered across the nations. Pretty cool, though. It is. We want to do some more digging on that. Mm -hmm. And we would love 
email us or send us a link in Telegram if you guys have some more info that goes along with these topics. We would love we love researching and making deeper connections and learning any way we can. Mm-hmm. All right. So now let's get into the fourth trumpet out of Revelations 8, 12. And the fourth angel sounded and the third part of the sun was smitten and the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened and the day shone not for a third part of it and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the shofar of the three angels, which are yet to sound. Wow. And here I I put the picture up to just show, you know, a third of the sun is not going to shine. A third of the moon is not and a third of the stars. And we know that one third is a reflection of the third of the angels that fell. And, and we, there's the number of the angels is unsurmountable, uncountable. Like a third of them could be such a huge number because we we don't know how many angels there are total. Uh, and information that I've dug into is it's uncountable. There's a bunch. <laughs> so a bunch of them fell. More than we can count. So I wanted to look at smitten and here it is in the Greek from Strong's G4141. And we see here to smite something or to be smitten is another form of several of these G4111 and then compared to the G5180. And it says to pound, that is figuratively to inflict with calamity and smite. Well, that doesn't sound good at all, but that's what's going to happen to a third of the sun, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars. Uh, And I wanted to look at what that it said compared to G5180. And that was a primary verb of to thump. That is kudgal. I have no idea what that (laughs) is, but then the next word is pummel. So I know what pummel is. That does not sound good. It says to properly with a stick or a bastinado. So literally like someone beating on it with a baseball bat is what that sounds like. Repeated blows uh, or a hammer um, or a blow with the hand. The blow with the hand of Yah would be inflict a lot of damage, I do believe. Or an instrument, maybe like a trumpet. Or a shofar. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I also wanted to look it up in the Hebrew. So go to the next page because I think I have the Hebrew also. So in Hebrew, smitten is naked, which almost reminds me of naked. Mm-hmm. Um, smitten, that is literally maimed or figuratively dejected, contrite, lame. So to maim something is pretty bad. It's been beaten repeatedly. It's been beaten. Amanda says hammer too. Yes, hammer. 
I believe that was up in the, the Greek that showed the hammer, but most definitely uh, beaten into submission, so to speak. And you just think of sound waves and this trumpet blast or the shofar. Yeah. You know, of that kind of magnitude, what kind of destruction, even just oh. that itself. Thanks for that, Dan. It is a small stick that looks like a small baseball bat. Interesting. That is interesting. It's going to be hurt. Um, they're going to be, a third of them is going to go out from what they endure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> However, he brings it about. That's true. Very he was true, smitten Judy. for us. He was struck repeatedly. And I think about it often as I go about walking out on this narrow path. It, it literally is what keeps me, keeps my faith, my feet on the rock firmly planted. You know, we see so many things out of the Torah and the Old Testament that foreshadow and prophesy of our Messiah. Mm -hmm. But then here we're seeing foreshadowing and prophesying that's happened to the Messiah of even the incoming days. It's just amazing how so many things are connected front to back. Aleph yeah. and the Tav from the beginning until the end. That's right. Catherine says the sun will be ashamed. The moon will be disgraced. You know, I had a dream several years ago. I think I've talked about it before. And I literally saw... In my dream. Yeah, I was going to have you share that. So I had an incident. I had a terrible reaction to a medication and it caused some brain swelling. And unfortunately, this was happening in the summer of 2020 when the CV was happening. So the last place in the world I wanted to be or any nurse ever wants to be is in the emergency room. But I was suffering so bad, I was willing to try anything. And I was finally talked them into giving me what I needed. They gave me some IV Decadron on the second night and finally could get the swelling down enough to where my vision would settle and all the other horrific side effects from it went away. But that night, I think we got home like one. I finally was able to go to sleep without that just absolutely most horrific migraine I've ever had in my life finally settled down. And what I dreamed was the vision, whatever you want to call it. It was so realistic that I can see it just as clear right now as I did in the dream. It wasn't anything that faded. So we were in a house and it was obviously there were people everywhere and I was helping cook. It was a refugee camp and I'm, that's all that I can think of to call this, that we were feeding the masses. We were helping each other, people that were basically fleeing for their lives from, from whatever. And people outside started shouting. And at first I thought it was happy shouting. And then I realized it was not. And I went out to see the sun. And the sun was so close that I could see the fire coming off of it. I could see the lava. I could see the gases and everything. It was that close and it was blinking. 
and we're all standing. I remember looking at the people all around, looking at them and looking at the sun, like as we're all looking at it and it's blinking and then it goes in the shape, zooming across the whole sky in the shape of the infinity sim symbol or the, the number eight on its side. And it went faster and faster and faster. And then it stopped and it blinked and went out. And it was the darkest dark I'd ever seen in my life. And I woke up and I was covered in sweat and it was as real <laughs> there as now when I talk about it. It used to really upset me to talk about it, but I know, I know what I saw and I feel like it was a, it was a warning of what's coming. And from that moment on, Yah has had my feet on a path to, I guess, get to that point <laughs> where we're feeding uh, those that are on their way, those that are completely um, the second exodus. That's all I can think of where we were at and what I was doing. We were on, we were in the middle of the second exodus. And that's not, I'll share the other dreams at another time, but that was, that's been the most standout dream I've ever had in my life. And I've had some crazy ones. And really since that incident, you have had some very prophetic type dreams. And, you know, we see throughout scripture that, you know, it is these end times approach that people will have these dreams and prophesy. And so, you know, if you have, you may be having some as well and yeah. they're very. Write them down. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget them because there, there no, may be <laughs> a deeper meaning to it yeah. and it may be revealed to you at a different time as well. And that's why reading through this really made me think about that dream and really dig back into it again. You know, there I was feeding all these people in a kitchen and, to see the sun doing that and then for it to go just go out like it blinked and was gone and it was the darkest dark i've ever seen ever which leads right into this next part that we're talking about um the the dimming of the sun that we're seeing the bill gates try to do <laughs> oh my goodness so a startup says it's begun releasing particles into the atmosphere. Started last summer. Mm -hmm. In an effort to tweak the climate. So dimming the sun is their goal. Make Sunsets, which I'm assuming is an actual company organization it of is. some sort. That's their name. They announced on Tuesday that it has performed three balloon launches in Reno, Nevada, each of which carried less than 10 grams of sulfur dioxide, the most often cited aerosol particle in discussions about solar geoengineering. Two of the three balloons carried GPS trackers, while one had a camera. The solar geoengineering has been discussed for decades and mainly refers to spraying aerosol particles into the upper atmosphere to deflect the sun's rays away from the planet, and back to space. CNBC reports in that way it cools the globe and temporarily alleviates the effects of climate 
change. They have no idea what they're doing. They don't know what it's going to do. It's absolutely I'm sure ridiculous. this is what's causing all of the change with right. the climate. And, and anytime you see geoengineering with anything, what that means in lay terms is playing God. And he isn't okay with that. Yah is not okay with that. And Dan's saying the CIA even admitted recently to this. I pulled all this information off of an MIT article. So it's it's out there. So essentially it mimics what happens when a volcano erupts. <laughs> Think about that. You can't even fly when a volcano erupts. <laughs> According to the U.S. Geological Survey, the 1990 or the 1991 eruption of Mount Pinatubo in the Philippines spilled hundreds of tons of sulfur dioxide into the stratosphere, lowering the world temperature by around one degree Fahrenheit on average. And they say we joke slash not joke that this is partly a company and partly a cult. That was a direct quote from them, from this company. So they're acknowledging that they're partly part of the cult and it is backed by Gates. It is it is backed by him completely. Crazy. Did you just take us out? Oh. I've got the controls. I know. Control. You clicked so fast. I can't see what you're clicking. So just as we see in the beginning, Yahweh has always known what the course of time would be. He has seen our end from our beginning and everywhere in between. These seven trumpets follow perfectly in step with the seven days of creation. He made his creation perfect and per his will in his time and for his purposes, he has them for. Man has corrupted everything. And as you see, man wants to mimic, defile, and manipulate the creation of Yah. Man literally spits in the face of the Almighty. Man has brought judgment against each creation made for us to guide us and assist us. As glorious was the day that the sun, the moon, and the stars were made, the judgment will be equally spectacular in showing the magnificence and sheer power of Yahweh. Each trumpet is coinciding with the cleansing of the defiled creation of Yah. The fourth day, he made the sun, the moon, and the stars. In the fourth trumpet, Yah reclaims that control over his creation, the sun and the moon and the stars. He's going to reclaim it. He's reclaiming all of it. He's cleansing all of it. He is going to use their devices against them. You know, those that have worked this wickedness, they're going to have the judgment of the wickedness back on them. And we're going to see, you know, what is it going to, what, what will that be like? A third of the sun will be dark, a third of the moon. So a third of the day is going to be dark. A third of the night will be darker than dark. Well, a third of the stars aren't going to shine. So that's definitely going to be dark. They light our night. We talked about earlier, just preparing for this show just trying to think of what that would be like and discussing the eclipse and this total eclipse that is coming in 2024, you know, what is that going to bring? What is the sign of that time? And as we mentioned earlier, as the star of Bethlehem 
hung in the sky without moving as this eclipse happens is y'all gonna do the same thing is he gonna keep and freeze everything to where it is darkened or are we going to be left with a ring of red as our light is that going to be considered a third of the light just things to contemplate and we have to pray discuss, up and but be prepared it's going to be a change i feel is coming and our cat leo agrees <laughs> if you can hear leo him. agrees but sherry's right just like you were saying yahuwah is going to let their worst fears come upon them well, what they meant for our destruction is going to be used against them for their destruction. Right. And I do believe that's what a lot of this, what this is about, what, what these seven trumpets are about. And what they're doing, they are poisoning us in the sky, in the water, the air, everything that has to do with the creation. What Yah gave us to thrive and survive, they are trying to rid and poison and corrupt Amanda, I I kind of feel like it, it would be the three days of darkness because I believe that's something yeah, that's going that's to, so to happen during the tribulation anyway is those three days of darkness. We talk a lot about how we will probably experience those 10 plagues, you know, 2.0 kind of thing with the second exodus, the, the 10 plagues repeating itself. There's going to be a lot of similarities. We're going to be roaming in that wilderness. Uh, and so, just like the Israelites, though. Yahweh says, you know, he will have his hand of protection on us. And we have to believe that, that he exactly. will have his hand. They had daylight when everyone, they had light when everyone else mm -hmm. was in darkness. You know, they were in the dark of darkness, but the Israelites had light. You know, they didn't partake in the boils or the insects or any of those issues. They were literally protected under his hand, under the blood on the doorpost. Well, he will, you know, the angel hide of us death under his passed wing. over them, you know. And that's what I believe is going to happen there. And just showing part of what the signs and the wonders are about um, and how we're seeing things change. These were all the meteorite hits for like a day. I pulled this off and this was what showed up for a day. It might have been a week. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure I'd put in for a day. Just recently. <laughs> Just recent, like last week. This was from last week. These are the hits that there were. Like we don't even realize how much is actually, actually happening. You know, and that kind of reminds us going back to last week talking about wormwood. Right. The stars falling. Mm -hmm. Right. It's already going on. You know, that's a big deception that goes on. I get to where I just really, I don't trust any of the news. You know, my mom always said, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. And I don't even know if we can trust half of what we see at this point. I do know when you dig enough, you can find information, uh, getting news from other countries anyway, not from our own or our own. And just showing this, how the things are changing. Do you want to cover this one? You can. So this is like the solar things that were going on yesterday. In the last 24, 24 hours, now I pulled this yesterday. The, the top globe 
on the top left, those are earthquakes that are happening. Then you see the sunspots on the sun like that. Those extra shiny parts, those are actually coronal holes that eject uh, CMEs at us. This next graph that's got like the circle with the flaming looking stuff on one side, we're the earth. And that is what we're being pelted with it is coming, actually coming off of the sun. And then this red on the far right is actually, they say from a satellite showing one of those major blasts coming off the sun that hits us. And directly below that map is all the earthquakes that are going on from all of this solar activity. It causes those earthquakes to go off. So we're already seeing, you know, these signs coming off of our sun that's affecting the earthquakes that we know we're going to be seeing in these times of trouble. And they're increasing everywhere you look. If you watch Dutch Sense or anyone else that covers these type of things, they're all talking about how much this is increasing, like we're coming to ahead of something. There are more and more and more. I'm not saying to fear. I'm just saying, look, we have to pay attention to what the time is. And I think a lot of these events that have happened in the past that are due every so certain amount of years, they're saying we're already kind of behind the timeline. So things are expected, you know, at any time to really go off and, you know, how catastrophic. Oh, you mean where they're caught talking about knocking out our power? Yeah, like yep. the great CMEs, things like that, that basically melted the power lines, you know, what in the 1800s or whenever that last big one. Telegraphs caught on fire. Know, it will put us <laughs> into the Stone Age, they say, because it will take so long to rebuild the grid. And I think that could be the father's way of finally doing away with the technology. The evil. and the evil that is being run by that technology. So yeah. uh, we have to be prepared for anything. We have to be prepared to live by candlelight, you know, to live without electricity and uh, be in tune. go back to the good old days. Right. And be in tune with y'all. He's, I expect to hear, you know, go now, you know, we have to be in prayer. We have to be in the word. We have to be in our relationship with the father so that we can hear it, it may not be a still small voice. It may be a shout that says, go now, and you you will not turn back. Um, today, as I was reflecting and, and praying and thinking about all this, for whatever reason, it came to my mind when, um, and I can't, I, I can't place which disciple said he would follow Yahusha after his father's funeral. And Yahushua said, let the dead bury the dead. And, you know, if you put your hand onto the plow to go forward, you can't look back. Because if you look back, then then you're not worthy to go with him. And I just feel like that's kind of where he, where we're being pushed is out front to be willing to just grab what you can and go when he says go, you know, yeah. to follow him we can't be looking back. We have to look forward to him to go, you know. Lot's wife was, I guess, the beginning of examples yeah, of looking look forward back. and not back. Yeah. You know, but just even the sun, that's only one. We've got the moon and we know the waves and 
the rising of the tide and there's so many things intertwined with the sun and the moon and possibly even the stars that we don't realize but how catastrophic some things may be if these stop working if they go out whatever it may be there will be events take place that we have never witnessed that we can't imagine but they will happen and we have to be prepared we have to be trusting Yah that he will allow us to endure through all these events, through that tribulation. Well, we have to endure. We can we can and will endure. And that's why we do what we do is for as long as we can, as long as we have this ability is so that we can help each other um, to strengthen each other's armor, to to lift each other up, to do all of these things we can do right now, because there's going to be a time when we're not going to be able to. We're not going to be able to have these conversations. We're not going to be able to share and pray for each other um, and and say it to each other. There is going to be that time coming when it's just going to be shut down, all of it. And I and I do believe it it will be Yah's doing that will shut it down. Uh, and that's what the seven trumpets are, is each one of them is a cleansing of each of the days of creation. And I, and I see it so very clearly how things have been so manipulated and defiled. And it is going to be his way to take back control. Not that he's ever lost any control. It's just people think they have control, but they don't. They really don't. He's just letting them have their delusion for a little while. And then he's going to say, roll his sleeves up and say, my turn. And he's going to have, he's going to exact his judgment on those that thought that they could, could play God. Yeah. They've only been deceived by the master deceiver named Hasatan. All right. We're going to finish up with some really powerful verses and then, Close it up for day four, the fourth trumpet. Isaiah 13, 9 through 13. Behold, the day of Yahuwah comes, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall darken in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil, and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, ever, I'm sorry, even a man than the golden wedge of Orpher. All free. All free. Therefore, I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of Yahuwah Sebaoth, and in the day of his fierce anger. Isaiah 34, 1 through 6. Come near, ye nations, to hear and hearken. Ye people, let the earth hear and all that is thereon, therein the world, and all things that come forth of it. For the indignation of Yahweh is upon all nations, and his fury upon all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them, 
he has delivered them to the slaughter. Their slain shall also be cast out and their stink shall come up out of their carcasses and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll and all their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falls off from the vine and as a falling fig from the fig tree. For my sword shall be bathed in heaven. Behold, it shall come down upon Edom and upon the people of my curse to judgment. The sword of Yahweh is filled with blood. It is made fat with fatness and with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of rams. For Yahweh has a sacrifice in Batsra and a great slaughter in the land of Edom. Daniel 8, 7 through 11. And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with collar against him, and smote the ram, and broke his two horns. And there was no power in the ram to stand before him, but he cast him down to the ground and stamped upon him. Smitten is what I see in and there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Therefore, the he-goat waxed very great. And when he was strong, the great horn was broken. And for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceedingly great toward the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land. And it waxed great even to the host of heaven, and it, ca and it cast down some of the host and of the stars to the ground, and stamped upon them. Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. Matthew 24, 29 through 31. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sun of the son of Adam in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the son of Adam coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a shofar, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Hallelujah for that. And just reading this, this very last time, before we got on here, I was reading over the presentation and things started to click. Like I said, we're not setting dates. We're not assuming, prophesying anything. But reading this verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened. What were we just talking about? The seven years between the 2017 and the 2024 eclipse. At that point, 
that tribulation, are we in the seven years of tribulation now? Will that be considered the sun darkened at that point? If so, what we have to look forward to is the son of Adam coming from the clouds. Hallelujah. That time could be coming sooner than we even think. Whether it is or not, the message is to be prepared now and always for whenever that time does come. That's right. Every second of every day. Luke 21, 25 through 28. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. That sounds like an evening news report for me for absolutely would fit for this time. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the son of Adam coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh. It may be hard. We're going to see some things that some men's hearts are going to fail them for fear. And those are the ones that don't know Yahweh. They don't know Yahusha. They don't know what we have in them. They, they don't, don't know the battle's already been won. That's right. That's right. So that's why we have to tell as many people as we can. Yahweh doesn't want to miss one. He doesn't want to lose one of his children. Not one. Not one. So I feel like that's why he's given us this opportunity with the technology and with things the way they are. So we can try to reach as many as possible so that they won't be the men with their hearts failing them for what they see, for what's happening, for what's coming. To not have fear. Fear not. Focus on him and not the storm every single day. Ultimately, this life isn't what matters, what counts. We shouldn't fear death of this life. We should fear what's after this life. We should fear not being able to enter the gates for eternity. Don't fear man that can take just your physical life, but fear Yahweh who can take your physical life and your spiritual. So mm-hmm. we we know that Yahusha has given us that ability to have life everlasting in him and through obedience and faithfulness and long suffering. Um, we have to forgive. We have to lift one another up. We have to pray fervently for each other. We have to be willing to stand in the gap. All, all of those things help us all get there so that we're all together lifting up our heads and looking because redemption will be drawing close to us at that point. I'm not fearful. And I know it's going to be the word endure means it's hard. It doesn't mean, well, we wait and the waiting's over. So here we go. We're going to see some stuff. We're already seeing some stuff with some things, you know, know, we're patiently waiting for his return, but that word patience is long suffering. It is. It is. It's got a whole different meaning than most think. And most struggle 
with patience because it is full of suffering. Right. That's a wonderful. Andrea says, setting our minds on what is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtue, and praise. Philippians 4, 8. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Definitely is something to lean on as we are preparing to endure. And together, we can endure together. Yeah. You know, stop worrying about what your brother or sister is doing. Worry about yourself. Because ultimately, the father is not going to ask anything about your brother and sister. He's going to ask about you, how you handled things, what you did, how you reacted how you loved them or hated them. So let's remove the plank from our eye before we're worried about the twig in our brother. Absolutely. And that has been a season for me the last four or five years learning that. Definitely easier said than done. Yes. But it is so important. If the Such Messiah great... said it, it is very important. It's important <laughs> for our salvation. You want to read this one and then yeah. I'll close up with our last. Watch yourselves. Luke 21, 34 through 36. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with suffering or surfeiting, surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the son of Adam. I definitely want to be accounted and worthy to escape all these things. I think that word escape is key. And that right there shows us that Yahweh has a plan for his people. Absolutely. Those ones that have the sign between him those called out peculiar people. Set he has an escape plan for you. Trust in him. So finishing up out of 2 Peter chapter 3. This second sephir, beloved, I now write unto you in both, which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of Adonai and the Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of Elohim the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the word that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto the fire against the day of judgment and perdition 
of wicked man. So just looking at these words here that I've highlighted in blue, this is what came to me. And I wanted to share it because I thought it was really cool. It really stuck is. out to me for the first time, just like many things do. Reading scripture over and over, things will pop out that you've never read, you've never understood, you've never seen before because Yah's revealing something in his timing. But we know Messiah is the Word, the Word of Elohim, the Word made flesh, standing out of the water and in the water. The first thing that came to my mind was Yahusha walking on the water, standing out of it, but also in it. Mm-hmm. The Word made really flesh. Really awesome. And I love how things just pop out, out of nowhere. You know, it's so important, too, that we don't fall asleep. You know, we know that ultimately Adam fell asleep from guarding the garden and allowed Hasatan to plant seeds of evil within there. We cannot fall asleep at the will. We have to keep our guard up, keeping our armor on, ready for battle, knowing that Yahuwah has won the battle, but willing to lay down our life. For him and for our friends. Armor on and loins girded so you can take off running when he says go. <laughs> All right. Last couple verses here. Second Peter 3, 8 through 13. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with Yahweh as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Yahweh is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of Yahweh will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. Kind of sounds like a trumpet or shofar, possibly, is what I think of. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all purity of conversation and holiness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of Elohim, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved? And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a renewed heavens and a renewed earth wherein dwells righteousness. Amen. And I think back to it was either the first or second that we did, day one or day two, that discussed the heavens opening up and the righteousness pouring down upon the earth. Yes. Whatever that righteousness looks like, we have that to look forward to. Yes. Amen. So that was it for us. Let's see what Sherry's saying here. Mike from around the world says we are going to have a water event where water will come up through the ground to the surface. I've watched lots of uh, things that say that show, I guess, a graphic of 
what it was like during the flood of Noah and the water coming up, um, forming the Grand Canyon and in different places by shooting up from the ground, you know, at various parts, the rain came down and the water came up as well. So. And scientists want you to think that the earth is millions and billions of years old. There's we'll no learn. We'll know that answer one day, but a lot of people do feel compelled that we're around the 6,000th year. We know that a day can be like a thousand days to Yahuwah. Well, what happens on that seventh day? That is when he returns. That is when we have the rest that Yahweh created. That seventh day Sabbath. The seventh thousandth year. The eighth day. This Revelation 12 sign. Mm -hmm. Once in a lifetime. Seven thousand years. A lot mm -hmm. of connections to be made. Well, we hope you enjoyed this if you would like to join our telegram group do we have that where we can share the telegram i will post it in the chat please join us where we can lift each other up share ideas share pictures of our family and chickens like i share <laughs> um, pray for each other we have a prayer group as well we have a prayer team that prays for everyone um, if you have a prayer request you can send it into our email or join our telegram group and we'll get you in there um, or just check out our website you can yeah. find all the info all our links all our show times a little bit more about us that we've maybe revealed in the past if you're new to the channel yeah. take a look get get to know us a little better, but yeah, we would love for you to come fellowship with us like, and subscribe so we can meet you again that we can fellowship with you again. So you don't miss out on any of our upcoming content. Help us reach the four corners right. for Yah's ministry to get his word out in this, in this season that we're in, you know, what a time it is to be alive right now. It really is. And another thought I just had, you know, we know that Yahuwah made a promise to man that he would not flood the earth again with water to destroy it. We have the rainbow as proof and as that covenant promise. But he didn't say he wouldn't flood it with righteousness again. Wow. So we have that to look forward to. That's all we've got, though. Tune in tomorrow. Lee has her morning manna at 10 a.m. EST. And then we'll be back with our Friday Fellowship. We've got a double portion. So do check that out if you haven't got to read it yet. We, on Tuesday, have our weekly reading. So you can watch it there, listen to it. Do you have that in a playlist? I do, yeah. We have yeah. all of our shows and playlists. So if things get overwhelming, you can check out the playlist and get a little more organized versus just the shows that are popping up. But we would love to have you join us. You Share your insights with us. Come you, fellowship with us. Yeah, you can also listen to those Torah portions on podcasts too, right? Yeah, Spotify, this is Apple, Google, Amazon, whichever podcast platform you prefer, I think we'll be there. So <laughs> thank you everybody for joining in tonight. We hope that this is a blessing, that you're enjoying this mini-series, The Connections, as we look into the beginning and the end. And but it's nothing to fear. It's not. It's something to look forward to. Our home is in heaven. That's what we long for. 
we all are on a different journey, but we have the same destination. And that destination is New Yerushalayim. Amen. Shalom and blessings all. Have a wonderful evening. We'll see you next time. Shalom.